to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. And we know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now the Hebrew is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work with him, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So the question I want us to think about this morning is followers of Jesus, what is it that we're supposed to do with our lives? Once, once we've said yes to Jesus, once we've put our faith in Him, what is it that we're supposed to be doing? Sit back, fill our thumbs, and wait for tickets to heaven, Jesus comes back, we get out of here. Or what, what is it we're supposed to be doing? Well, The business of learning to practice Jesus' holy love is our lifelong task. The business of learning to practice Jesus' holy love is our lifelong task. Paul points this out in his prayer for these people. You know, if they tried it all together, he wouldn't have asked God to do this. But these things work on I love when I come across the prayer in the Bible. I don't, I don't really have to think to myself, is this really what God wants to do? If you put it in the Bible, it would say, I'm pretty sure he wants to answer this prayer. And not just to them, to you and me too. And so this gives us three three requests, three requests in this prayer. And the finest task of, of learning how to practice Jesus' holy love. Uh, the first thing is it's an inside job. Uh, I don't know about you, but one of my, most of my favorite TV shows are cop shows. Who done it? You know, every time an armored uh, armor car or armored truck gets robbed, the first thing they want to know is was it an inside job? Okay, well, the, when the Holy Spirit works in us, it's an inside job. He works from the inside out. Uh, and, and this is just before we get into the, the, the practical stuff, we start meddling with how we talk to each other and how we relate to people and all that. Like, before he gets into that, he wants us to understand that I'm going to start on the inside. Before I actually change what you're doing outside with your behavior, I'm going to change the motivation that brings you from the inside out. He says, Paul says, this is his prayer. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen me with power through his spirit in the inner being, so Christ may dwell in the heart. He says, the first step comes when the Holy Spirit reinforces and rebuilds us on the inside so that we can handle having Jesus live in us. We tend to think it's real simple. I said a prayer, I walk the office. Confirmation class, I was baptized, I'm a member of Legislative Church, 
Therefore, there's a whole lot more that has to go on inside of you before you can really handle people giving. You need to be strengthened with the Holy power. You need the Holy Spirit's power. You need to be prepared, reinforced, and you need to. And then Jesus moves in and helps us reflect Him. So often we want to think of faith simply as believing a set of doctrines or a list of, I believe they have to be. You know, I believe Jesus was born and died and raised and, and, and I believe these things, so I, therefore I have faith. Not if you don't trust Him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are people you can believe in their existence. So the first thing is it's an inside God. The first part of the prayer, the first request is that the Holy Spirit does the work inside of us. The Holy Spirit concentrates, makes the way for Jesus to dwell in us, to live in us by faith as we trust Him. The second request is for supporting roots and solid foundation. Uh, he says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know the love that surpasses knowledge. I want you to be rooted and established. I want you to have a supporting roots and a solid foundation. But then he says, the whole reason we need this is so that we can get a handle on this love that surpasses knowledge. How can we know the unknowable? Well, let me point out, I think there's two, two facets of, of knowledge that, that uh, Paul is using out of this piece of uh, there, There's the knowledge based on experience. I know something because I've been through it. I, I know something because I, I, I experienced myself. You know, we can know God's love because we've experienced it, we've felt it, we've received it, and welcomed it in our lives. Uh, but there's also a knowledge that's based on our reason. And the moment you start to try to put your, this is probably a hooter, a hooter, just put your head around God's love. Once you try to figure it out and try to explain it, you're going to come to grips real fast with the idea that this, this love is beyond understanding. It's inconceivable. Why would God love you? Why would God love you? I can't think of any reason. I'd like to think it's because we're such wonderful people, but I know me. And I'm pretty sure I'm not a whole bunch of wonderful everybody else. This prayer recognizes that, that with our reason, God's holy love is inconceivable, it is beyond explanation and expression. It's like 
causes describes the difference between a priest and a child control to someone who's never heard anything. It's like trying to describe purple or green or blue or red to someone who's never seen Because it's not words being communicated, it's containment. God's holy love is beyond our aspiration or expect to receive and receive it. It's like His holy love can be experienced and receive it. We can feel it. We can welcome it into our lives. Experiencing this infinite love gives us groups that. Help us as we enter the process of the transformation that Jesus calls us to. It acts like a solid foundation, having truly experienced and continuing to experience the love that God has for us. Uh, it becomes a launching pad for us as we walk with Jesus and we begin to transform us from the inside out. Then when He starts to ask you things about things, He starts to ask you things. Because we've experienced his love, then, then we're, we're willing to, to cooperate with him. So it's, it's praise, it's goodness of lifelong transformation and learning how to practice Jesus in your life. This whole thing starts with the Holy Spirit working inside of us and being involved in that, experiencing God's love in such a way that we have supporting roots and uh, solid foundations. But then Paul says this crazy thing. It is crazy to think about it. And, and hopefully when we get you to think about it for at least six weeks after seven years. Uh, he prays that they'll be filled with God. That's exactly what he says is that you'll be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, so what is the measure of an infinite, limitless, measureless God? Oh, but even if it's a big guy, I don't see it the other day. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not is to say that, that the fullness of God is His love, and that if you're filled to the measure, then His love, as much love, has the first and last word in everything that we do. The, the final goal of following Jesus is that His love, His love, will motivate and shape everything we do 
there won't be as many old things that we do out of fear. There won't be as many old things that we do. Believe in Jesus died for your sins. Confess your sins and your faith in Jesus. Well, 
points are those points are accurate. Uh, but there just needs to be more. They are only the beginning of a life of following Jesus. And God wants to transform us when we make that happen. Now, the very first church that I ever heard as a pastor was located in a little town. Well, it was, uh, originally was a little town of 300 people. But it was one of the early days of Indianapolis, and now it's a huge suburban golden ghetto. The church there was built like in the, the 1800s. It's one of those wood frame churches. Um, and years, it was before I got there, they were going to be taking sons of them. And the church, the, the wall on one side, the stuff and the siding and everything had worked out. So there was a gap between the roof and the wall. Well, they decided it would be just a whole lot cheaper to move it than to fix it. Followed up and urged the mayor to build to build a nest, and it's kind of sheltered by the roof, it's kind of warm in the winter, right? So they build nests along there, which is fine most of the time. But if you've got around birds and birds' nests, you know they're not, they're not good housekeepers. And they're really ready to run down down the roof, of course, they can't go down outside the building because the walls were about to hang down on the inside. Increasing the yeah, increasing the mouth, and there's a point in the story, but I'm not breaking it out without a reason. And so, that is the magic. We're running down the wall, okay? So, the wall would be covered with the stuff, feathers, and when the wall is dry out, well, we can't leave the sanctuary looking like that. So they would run down to the local hardware store by whatever piece is on sale. And we don't care about parking because all the people are up. They painted the wall. They painted it up. They painted it over. So Father came and said, Stop. Eventually, the day came that they had to tear the building down and replace it. Who would have thought? You know, it was, it, it, it's something about raising on wood that's already warped. Still makes it work more. So it's just got to the place where it was melting. It was awful. They were trying to get to this. Why did you try to fix it? Oh, 
times people look at God's forgiveness as kind of like a fresh coat of paint over our stuff. I know that I'm a sinner. I've got stuff. I've got leaves. I've got stuff running down the walls. And God is just paint over it, but He doesn't. I don't get on the scene and I'm going to paint over my stuff. Over my son. And God says, Well, we will start there. But here's the deal I'm going to fix that wall. That's what God is doing. God's grace is not merely a fresh coat of paint to cover our sin, our guilt, and our shame. Uh, God's grace transforms us by changing our motivation. We start on the inside with stuff that's broken so that we can handle these things people doing us. Uh, and then we move to our actions. He, he removes the things that can be broken. He doesn't just hand over them, he gets rid of them. And he doesn't stop there because the Spirit comes and stuff and the Holy Spirit.
addictions of that time to say, I made a start. I have, you know, we've never started before. There's no better place to start than when we sit together and remember what Jesus did for us and what he's doing for us. There's no better place. There's no better time than to say, you know, I've been mad. Even if it is, that's the way God will get in there. And we need my Up your mind to trust the right to Jesus because the only way is going to be well, the God wants you to be. You feel free to share this love and this love. He intends to live a new, a new life, a, a new way of living, to take on this new way of living, a holy life. Uh, as you follow Jesus, you are welcome to participate. If you aim, if you aim to share Jesus' love with ordinary people, Savior is here, and when the Savior shows up, all kinds of 